I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. While Jed Fish, University of Arizona football coach, was discussing how he's going to turn the Wildcats around, Brian Dunseth was tweeting that there has been a coaching change at Real Salt Lake. Dunny joins us now. Dunny, good morning. My man, I like the radio voice. I like the DJ radio <laughs> voice. Right Great intro. Great intro. <laughs> I learned it from watching uh, you, all right? I've been dealing with 20 years. It wears off after a while. <laughs> There you go, PK. It's just like wah 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 when you wah, 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 wah. All right, so uh what happened? Six points out of nine on the week. It didn't seem like a terrible week. There have been worse weeks and it's awfully late in the week to have a coaching change. There's got to be more than meets the eye here. What's happened? Yeah, um well what's what's happened is there's been a decision made between obviously the head coach in Freddie Juarez, or the former head coach in Freddie Juarez, and the club, you know, the speculation is going to continue to be out there. I would expect uh, there to be more clarity on Freddie's end at the end of the weekend by the time we kick off in Vancouver, if uh, if more information at that point hasn't come out publicly. Um, but the reality is something that you and I have talked about. Um, I think what makes this a, a really odd situation is that you are finding Real Salt Lake making moves without an owner in play. Um, obviously, Deloitte Hansen is no longer the owner. Uh, the fact that the club itself is being managed or at least overseen by Major League Soccer to give final approval over all of these decisions. Um, and something that, DJ, you and I have been talking about, the opportunity of this group in particular and what Elliot Fall, Tony Beltran, and to a certain extent, Kurt Schmidt have done with this group of players and the fact that there's so much hope, this is a playoff team. And when we assess it from the outside, I think when you assess it internally, you're looking at a club that while in a playoff spot, I think everyone feels like could do better. I mean, it's something that you and I talked about last night on Talking Real. When you look at the, when you look at the standings in the Western Conference where Real Salt Lake is, yeah, it's perfectly acceptable. You're in a playoff spot. But then you look at the goal differential and you look at the teams above them with more points, a zero goal differential, a negative one goal differential. These are, these are, these are managing minutes and the end of matches that have come up short. And whether we want to talk about the players, which ultimately they hold the accountability, or you're talking about the inability to affect positive change with the substitutions available and the tactics and DJ, something you and I were talking about even last weekend in Colorado, how Robin Frazier switched his formation the moment they got the game time goal and four minutes later, five minutes later, they get the game winning goal. 
um, I think there's there was questions. There was questions about the future. Uh, and, and just for clarity, Freddie Juarez was in the final four months of his deal. Um, so I think there was an option on the side of Real Salt Lake. I don't think that option would have been extended. Um, and, hey, by the way, we're, we're waiting for some type of official word uh, from Major League Soccer that ownership is effectively officially changing hands to whatever individual or group um, you know that's just around the corner. So a lot of moving parts, but in terms of the timing, yeah, I was uh, down in L.A. when I first got a little bit of a sniff that there could be uh, change affected here at Rio Tinto Stadium. So they elevate Pablo Mastrini from assistant coach. I don't know that if he's going to be an interim coach, if he's going to be in contention for the head coaching job, but I do believe he should receive a lifetime contract to be the head coach of RSL for as long as he wants, and there is simply one reason. Now, he was born, I believe, in Argentina. His birthday's coming up this weekend, by the way. It's the 29th. He'll be 45. (laughs) And at age four, he moved to Phoenix, and he attended Thunderbird High School in Phoenix. (laughs) And, Dunny, there is one famous person that you know very, very well. He's at the top of his game who attended Thunderbird High School, and that would be PK. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, so I'm in the same company as well because Mark McGuire went to my high school. I just don't have his wallet. So I love the the train of thought there. Listen, Pablo, um, just to be clear, you know, Pablo, a former teammate of mine at, uh, at, uh, I almost said Inter-Miami, Miami Miami Fusion, back when it was a champagne life on a beer budget for the previous ownership group in Miami. And I can tell you as a competitor, as a teammate, there's, the guy you hate and the guy you love. And the guy you hated was because secretly you loved him and you wanted to play alongside of him and you respected the way he played the game. I am a huge advocate of Pablo Mastrani. And I think from his time of retirement to stepping on the field as a, as an interim head coach to getting the job at the Colorado Rapids to subsequently um, being unceremoniously let go. Um, I was always wondering what his next move would be. Now, he spent last year down with Tab Ramos uh, and Omid Namazi uh, in Houston. I don't think that relationship, that working relationship worked out, hence the move to Salt Lake. I think he made Freddie better. No disrespect to Tyrone Marshall, who had taken the job out at FC Cincinnati as the U19 head coach. Uh, But Pablo, it's kind of like, and, and I knew this was, I know RSL didn't want to think about it this way, but for us, PK, the same way DJ and I looked at Mike Pecky being hired for the Real Monarchs the moment that Jeff Kassar was still the head coach, yeah, it's that, that feeling of uh, it was inevitable that at some point, if a change was made, well, that's why you brought Pablo in, because you have a ready-made head coach. Now, what I've been told is that there are multiple candidates. Um, there is more than what you have on your at least one hand um, that the coaching search is underway. Pablo, it will be the interim right now, and Pablo will be interviewed for the job. Um, the job is not 100% his. They are going to look at a bunch of different candidates, and if Pablo is the best candidate, then obviously he will be the front runner. He already has the end. He knows the club. The club knows him. They know his personality. He has a he has a head coaching resume already. So that makes all the sense in the world. Um, but again, 
I've been told that this club is going to do its due diligence and make the right decision for the future of the club, which is something underneath previous ownership. Um, this will be interesting to watch because PK and DJ, as we know, it's never been the best candidate that's been hired for Real Salt Lake since the departure of Jason Christ. It's always been financially the cheapest and the easiest hire for Deloy Hansen. It's Jeff Kassar when you could have had Robin Frazier. Mike Pecky when you could have had Giovanni Savarese or Josh Wolf. Uh, Freddie Juarez because he was underneath the umbrella and he'd been with the club and he deserved, you know, some would say the opportunity. Um, but Freddie was an ex- exquisite developer um, and assistant coach. So it's a, it's a big chance. It's a big chance for Real Salt Lake, uh, Elliot Fall, everybody, Rob Zarcos, Kurt Schmidt, Tony Beltran, everyone behind the scenes to choose what could be uh, one of the most important decisions outside of what a new owner looks like for the club. So you're talking to two guys who have gone on and on on both the college and the pro level, uh, football, basketball, it applies to soccer too, Denny. So Jason Kreis takes him to the MLS Cup for the second time. They lose on that marathon penalty shootout in Kansas City. He flies back into town, walks past the media at the airport, doesn't talk to anybody, quits, takes the uh, job at New York City FC. That is December of 2013. So essentially since the 2014 season started, we're going to seven years here, this is going to be the fourth head coach and we're on the third general manager there has got to be some stability. This constant turnover isn't helping. Hmm. Reaction. Yeah, I mean, listen, you're, you're right. You're right. Um, but, I mean, let, let's pull back the curtain. Under previous ownership, the, the, the drama that surrounded this club internally, externally, um, <laughs> was, was pretty evident for anybody that's been around the team and for anybody that's covered the team. So, yeah, there, there's a The departure of Mike Pecky and Craig Weibel, uh, underneath previous ownership, they more than kicked the tires with the return of Jason Price. Um, at that point, it was deemed too much money. They decided to go in. I uh, think that after everything had transpired, and by the way, today is a year ago that the boy went on air, um, and that basically. You're breaking up, Dunny. We're missing large parts of this. I don't know if you're not by a window anymore or what, but we've lost you. All right. Well, we've lost Dunny there. Yaku. Did I lose you? Yes, no, you you're did. Back, you're back now. Oh. You're back now. So, um, just with building this roster without having somebody's thumb on them all the time, I think speaks volumes to what they're capable of doing. So, yes, you're right. At the end of the day, you got to get this. You got to get this next coaching decision right. Um, and there's a bunch of options. Um, there's a bunch of options there's a bunch available. You can look for kind of the grizzly. Well, Dunny's dropping. I've had this conversation with him off the air. We can talk a little bit uh, about that. Um, we got to pay to play, man. You, come on. You're going to be in it to win it, or what? Yes, exactly. And, and Dominic Kinnear is out there, and he's a huge. So that bugs me. He's a huge Dom Kinnear fan, and and the guy they really miss, I think, in all of this is they miss Garth Lagerway, and 
I've heard third hand. I've not spoken to him about this, but I've heard third hand that he loves it here. I think he wants to be um, a higher level executive. If I were so the new owner, back? if I were the new owner, that is the first call I would make, and I would do whatever it took to get him back here. And the amount of t- times his team, whatever, would, if I had to make him president of the organization, I would. If I had to make him a million dollar employee, I would. Wow, that's an endorsement. You look at who's gone to the MLS Cup Final since he took RSL there in 2009 and he built it from the ground up. It was all his guys. He turned over the whole roster, the whole bit. He Basically, his team goes every other year. The only other person who comes close to that level of success is Bruce Arena, and you can't get him. He's in Boston now. He's working for uh, the, the Patriots on the MLS team there, the Revolution. And you can't get Bruce Arena. I'd go get Garth. And I say, Garth... Win. And you're right. You can't go cheap. The, everybody in the league is spending more money, and it is improving. Now, that doesn't mean it's the best. It's a long way. It's generations to the top leagues in Europe. But it is getting better, and people well, are spending that, more money. Yeah, that doesn't matter where, it's, where it falls. You're, you're in this league, and you want to win. Right. So it doesn't matter what league and you're who, in, you want to win. Who, who wins in this league? Right. I, you're looking at 12 years, and Garth Lagerwey's teams, he had two RSL teams go to the MLS Cup Final. He's had four teams in Seattle, and they're in first place. And he's done it spending a lot of money. He's done it spending less money. There's something he gets that other people aren't getting. He's going every other year, and everybody else is splitting up the rest of the trips. Now, it's easy and for Pablo, me to pop off about money, but it still, is. You, you've got to be in the ballpark anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, Pablo comes with a heck of a resume himself. He was – Arcel won in 2009, Colorado won in 2010, and that's him. <laughs> He's right in the – go look at the pictures of Colorado that year. He's right in the middle of everything, you know. So, anyway. How about right. that? Went to the same high school. That that's crazy. It is, it is crazy. I was trying to think of a Jersey tie. And no. I mean, I kind of know his resume, but I don't have his whole resume. And I'm going through it. I'm like, I don't see a Jersey thing. I was blinded to Arizona. <laughs> the same high school. We got to get him on, Yuck. Has he got a personality? Pablo? Yeah. Yeah, he, he does. Yeah. And he's, he's super nice. I well, we went and introduced also. myself the first time. There's not so, a lot of contact now. You know, we can't go to a train. Yeah, yeah. We can't talk. It's... It's what we're seeing with other PK, one point on this, though. Teams. Pablo rose to prominence playing for a certain club that's just the other side of the Rockies. That, well, I don't, I don't, I there, there was that whole dust-up for people just, who remember where just a, saying, a Colorado Mike, player got into it with Arsenal's so, owner, Dave Chegetz, the player. It was Pablo. To, to, well, to have him no. coaching. It's hilarious. And Chris Burgess got into it at Roger Reed. I know. I know. I, know. I, I get it. I, think, I get it. But it's just go by. I think it's hilarious. And he, I guess probably to his credit, it's not his favorite topic now. It's not what he wants to go back and revisit. No, we'll There's talk about days at... On 19th <laughs> Avenue, man. We talk about where he used to hang out. The Jack in the Box was where we would go, to, you know, just hang out, meet the chicks. I mean, there's a little age gap, but still, the Jack in the Box <laughs> is still there. I can talk to him about playing baseball just right by the football field, over by the racquetball courts. I mean, come on. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. Boys, I can't wait. I really... We are boys. Okay. We both went to Thunderbird. There's a little part of me that does want to hear about the racquetball courts and Jack in the Box. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, your feedback coming up next. Stay with us.